Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And thank you, Ali Howard Species 5618, for the title of the program. The windshield is bigger than the rear view. And I think that is apropos for this particular program. As always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? You know, it's uh, it's dark here in the greater Twin Cities area. Bright in the sense that the Minnesota Twins snapped that darn 18-game playoff losing streak yesterday. I know everyone out there is a gigantic Twins fan. We're excited about that, but it, it comes in the aftermath of Honestly, Lance, one of the worst Steelers games I've ever seen. And the absolute wrong set of injuries to head into the worst opponent for which to have those injuries. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck here. This is, a, this is a tough spot in Steeler Nation. Yes, yes, it is. And we will break it all down. And before we do that, if you want to get involved with the program, please like and subscribe Go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams and Neil Kulong and do the same. However, you get your podcast, do the same type of search for the new standard. Big up to Marcus J. Big up to Sasquatch, a.k.a. Chewbacca. What's up? Big up to Rob Cotting, Ali Howard Species, everybody else who's joining us on the program. And again, the program is called The Windshield is Bigger than the rear view and i want to apologize if you're watching to us online because this faded black t-shirt is indicative of my feelings and my faith in this organization to turn this mess around yes my shirt is faded and I, this was intentional sort of kind of but i want to jump into the first segment of the program and i i i was so passionate about this i actually typed it out and sent it to neil and neil sent me back four fire emojis and and i wanted to jump into and this is my personal take may not be neil's take or neil may not agree with this i don't think he does uh most of you probably well i don't know (laughs) a lot of you do a lot well okay neil does agree with it so um and, and and i just want to jump into the first part um why the Tomlin era must end. Now, you got to understand, I say this being one of the biggest defenders of Tomlin in the world and biggest defenders of African-American head coaches in the National Football League, given the difficulty for African-American coaches to get the jobs. I'm a big defender. Sometimes I, to a fault, do not talk about the faults. But at this point, after watching that game, and, it, and it's not just that game, it, it's, it's, and we'll get into it. I do not trust the development of Kenny Pickett to Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada. Why is that? Because I think these last few years have shown us that Mike Tomlin is absolutely incapable of building an offensive infrastructure to adequately compete for a championship. Now, how did I get to that conclusion, given the fact that I'm one of Mike Tomlin's original card-carrying boosters? Every I love everything about Mike T, but how did I get there? 
One, years of anemic offensive football in an era where you have to have an elite offense to win a championship. Why do I say that? As an offense, they are averaging seven and a half points a game in 2023. Hell, when they first invented the football and skinned a pig to put it on a ball and have pig skin, you could average seven and a half points a game on offense. I mean, that's got to be hard to do. It's called offensive coordination. Seven and a half points a game. The other thing that got me to this point was watching Josh Dobbs go 28 for 41 for 265 and two touchdowns, should have been three touchdowns, and a 102.2 rating against the 49ers who blasted the Steelers. And they got a rookie head coach and a brand-new offensive coordinator. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting a different result. It is insane for us as a fan base to think that Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada will solve this. Someone who hired Matt Canada should not be allowed to hire the next the next coordinator, develop the quarterback. He, hey man, he's got to take his hands off the wheels. Like it, it, it's it's, and I'm not saying that Mike is a bad coach. I think Mike's a Hall of Fame coach. Relationships sometimes go awry. This relationship, in my opinion, has gone awry. I think Mike Tomlin will get hired in a day, will be a fantastic head coach for another team. It's just not the right marriage for this team. Whatever he's cooking ain't right for this squad, what this squad needs. You put him on a team with the Kirk Cousins-ish type quarterback, my talent probably goes to a Super Bowl. But this team, developing a new guy, you can't burn Kenny Pickett's years with Mike Tomlin and the Canada regime. You, you, can't, you can't do it. That's my soapbox, and, and I'm owning it. Mike got to go. This got to be it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying, uh, I I have also been a very staunch supporter of Mike Tomlin during his tenure. And the reality is when times were down, I was interested to see how he would respond to it. And I don't know, in 2021, the first year of our show, we talked about the, the skill it took for him to rebound that team, the situation that they were in. Uh, to, to qualify for the playoffs. 2022, we said we're probably still down a year. They're going to have to to rebuild a little bit more. And we we acknowledged the fact that he had to move mountains to get the team uh, within a, a tiebreaker of the playoffs last season. This season, it is starting exactly the same way again. And it's like, okay, you're you're out of passes now. I mean – it, it's not an indictment on his career. I don't think that he is a bad coach. I do think quality of coaching is not in a vacuum. It's not lined up on its own, as in the best coaches have the best teams. That's not how it works. 
you have to have the right combination of coaching, of leadership, general vision, and dudes. You need guys on the team. Right now, none of those things exist in Pittsburgh. We spent an entire offseason blowing smoke up the hind parts of everybody who would listen about how good this team was going to be in comparison really to where they were last year. What are we supposed to say after four games when, if anything, they're worse than they were last year? It's the same group, they have the same coaching staff, and they're finding the same problems. It's time to, to move on. And I want to put it in, in this perspective. We were to line up two coaches right now in the AFC with a lot of tenure in the league. One of them has a, a fairly new quarterback who's not succeeding, a team that exists almost entirely on defense, and when that doesn't work in a game, they get boat raced by whoever they play. Very little offensive symmetry, despite having kept uh, some continuity and the same uh, offensive coordinator in place. If I was to tell you that team is not the Pittsburgh Steelers, in fact, it's the New England Patriots, everybody would say it's time for Belichick to go. So why isn't Tomlin getting, why, why doesn't Tomlin receive that same type of, of mentality? In the past, he hasn't. Now, I, I, I can't defend him anymore. I mean, it, it, the reality is, this team is not improving. You cannot get better by continuing to do the same things that produced mediocre results. That's where the Steelers are right now. This is a flat, mediocre team. I don't want to hear any more about Matt Canada being the absolute worst thing that's ever been uh, uh, associated with the football. He's not good. He's not good. I know that. That does not change the fact that he's not calling plays for the quarterback to run into pressure. He's not calling plays for the quarterback to miss the receiver by two feet. Nobody is playing well on this team. And it is not solely because of the offensive coordinator. You cannot pass the controller to somebody else to play the game for the players. The players are on the field. The players are the ones that have to play. But they're not getting better. Plain and simple, they are not getting better. Broderick Jones, he's a rookie. He's a young kid. I get it. You would have thought he would have picked something up in training camp and up to this point, he looked like he had never played left tackle before when he had to go in for Dan, Dan Moore, a player that I think Lance, we've been fairly vocal about over the years to replace him. And to some degree perform worse in it, certainly in pass protection than Dan Moore does. What are you doing to develop any of these players? Why are none of them any good anymore? Why does George Pickens resemble chase disgrace pool more than he does Deontay <laughs> Johnson. Why is that? Why does Calvin Austin have one thing and one thing only that he can do? None of them play with any sort of certainty. They don't play with any kind of suddenness. They're not playing fast. The offensive coordinator not even needs to go. He will go. Lance, you have a better chance of being the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2024 than Matt Canada does. If you remove the offensive coordinator in the middle of a season, you're looking at all kinds of problems. And here's the question I would really ask you. Who wants that job? Who do you think is going to say, yeah, coach, put me in here. This is great. I have no problem developing a rookie quarterback that's getting worse by the game. I want to take this on because it's good for my professional reputation. Let me answer that. And my answer is going to be surprising. Nobody will take the job if Tomlin remains the coach. No, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm just talking in season. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Want no, to segue no. to that point? That's no, an off-season no, no. problem. I, I don't, yes. I don't want to hear any more about. Well, let's go out and get Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley makes nine million dollars a year. <laughs> he gets every top quarterback in the league. He's not going to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Why would he bother doing that? To say nothing of the fact, who would want to inherit this mess? Who wants that job? Okay, it's the Matt Canada types. Because we know that, Lance, because this situation is no different than it was when they had Randy Fickner in charge. Remember no Canada's different. offense? Everybody wanted it. It was the greatest thing in the world. Everybody wanted to get rid of Fickner. Canada is no different in the sense that they hired a mediocre play caller and gave him mediocre players and expected a, a, a high-end offense. They got exactly what they hired. They got exactly what they paid for, and they're, they're sleeping in the bed. And to, to this point now, in, in my opinion, the head coach has to be considered a part of the issue. And I'm not looking at this in a punitive manner. I'm not asking for a pound of flesh like everybody else is. I don't need Matt Canada to be executed. I'm not even interested in fire <laughs> Matt Canada. I am interested in who is replacing Matt Canada. Yes. And right now, with the collection that they have, who wants this job? I don't think yes. that the results are going to be nearly as good as you think they are. And it's because this is the hole that they've dug. If yes. you, an offensive coordinator is not going to solve it, is my point. This is top to bottom a, a, a significant hindrance on their future because they don't have a quarterback. They're probably going to win seven, eight, maybe nine games, putting them into the 20s in the draft again, even in a good quarterback draft. They have to make a significant move. I don't think any offensive coordinator without the assurance that they're going to do something about the quarterback position and the offensive line again. I, I don't know anybody that would really want the job that would be like desirable to anybody else. Who is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I think they're in a, in a strange spot. And my answer was going to be the only way you get a, a great offensive young mind guy in here is you have to turn everything over. It, it's yep. sort of like when you get water, uh, when water busting your house, you got to get rid of the carpet. You got to get rid of everything. You got to get rid of the foundation. You got to clean out the mold. You got to get rid of everything. You have to start this from scratch. So whoever, and it can't be saddled to Mike Tomlin. He's allergic to efficient, modern offensive football. They don't go together. But let's transition. And I I love the segue into the Patriots and the similarity between the Steelers and the Patriots, because I've been talking to my brother. The situations are exactly the same. Yeah, both coaches have <laughs> Nobody has any problem saying Belichick needs to go. And looking at it, it's the same. You have a bum quarterback that you spent a first-round draft pick on. You're not going anywhere with him anymore. You have to start over. And if you're starting over, this is kind of what I mean, you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They don't have That's anything it. else. So what's That's the point in, in keeping the same coach? Everything else is going to be new. We tried the Fickner thing. We tried the Canada thing. This isn't working. Terrell Austin, to me, looks like a defensive coordinator who can only succeed if Cam Hayward is on the field. And that's not going to happen. Because yeah. to be yeah. honest, he's going to go too. They're not going to pay him to, to start over and rebuild. Not when they've invested huge capital in defensive linemen over the last couple of years. None of whom can play, by the way, with the exception of Keanu Benton, who's replacing DeMarvin Leal in his second season. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk can't play. We've seen that. 
They've, they've put a, a, a ton of Montrevious Adams. They've put a ton of money into their defensive line. And they can't play anymore. They're not any good. Look how easy it is for teams to run the ball through a gap. They have TJ Watt. They have Cam Hayward. They have Minka Fitzpatrick. They rightly invested a bunch of money into these players, but they have no depth around that. They don't have the foot soldiers that they need. And a huge part of that is coaching. So if it's the position coach, the coordinator, why is it not the head coach? At some point, you have to, to admit what this is. They have to completely overhaul the team. And I know that that's not normal. And I know that there is a lot more, like you alluded to, Lance, that comes with uh, uh, the criticism of Mike Tomlin. But nobody has supported the guy more than I have. It's just more than anything, yeah, they have it, to go it, in a different direction. And it can't be the direction that Tomlin would want to go in based on what yeah. we've seen. It just can't be anymore. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, and the most attractive thing about the Steeler job and the Rooney's, hopefully they 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 come to their senses and realize it. And me telling the Rooney's to come to their senses is funny. But uh, the brand is the most attractive thing. They still are the Steelers. If you give someone a blank foundation to build the brand in their vision, that's attractive. That that's that's attractive, but it's not attractive if Mike Tomlin's the head. Now there was a lot of talk about changes will be made, and I ascertain that the changes that will be made are ones that we won't see. He's already come out, Mike Tomlin, and said that it won't be the offensive coordinator. No one else is going to call plays. So when you hear that, it, it's something that you see in the building something that's in the building maybe they practice different maybe the tempo of the practice is different maybe the meetings times change they concentrate so it's going to be internal stuff that we as fans can't put our finger to because the things we can put our finger to are coaching play calls stuff like that it's going to be something that he really can't say in a press conference right but that happens. But there's there's a bunch of changes happening for sure. Whether it's the players got there will report. be changes. It's just that the difference is people don't want change as much as they want blood. They want vengeance. Yes, yes. They wanted to behead Matt Canada during Tomlin's press conference. That's not going to do anything. They implement. You have to understand an offensive coordinator's sole responsibility is not calling plays. I tweeted about this yesterday. If you have a hundred plays and your team can only run 11 of them with any kind of consistency, does it matter who calls the 12th play? No. They don't That's run the 89 of their 100 plays. It's not on the coordinator. Coordinator needs to go because they need to find somebody that can come up with something that these guys can do. But the problem ultimately is, is always on the head coach and the players. If the players can't do it, they can't do it. You've got to change something, but the reality is – you can't create a new 100 plays, drill everybody on those plays, get everybody on the same page, make sure that they're airtight and everything is going to work according to plan by week five. That's why you have training camp. They don't have the time to invent a new offense. So getting rid of Canada certainly satisfies an emotional desire, but it's ultimately not going to do anything, especially when the first one in the building to most qualified to replace him would be Mike Sullivan. And I'll ask it again. Why in hell would Mike Sullivan want that job? The offense 
is a complete shit show. Okay. We don't need to tell you that, you know, that what's Mike Sullivan thinking about his future. Do you think he's going to stick around? No, he's going to get fired too. Why would he take on, you know, it's after the Hindenburg started on fire. Do you think there was another pilot that wanted to take over? Me, no, me, me, everybody wants off the ship at that point. It's only going to make whoever replaces a, a Canada in season look worse than what they already do. They're not going to take it. So Canada is probably your guy. I am leaving the door open a little bit when Baltimore holds them to six points, which wouldn't surprise me this weekend at all. If and when they do that with a bye week, maybe they make a change because the pressure right now is enormous. We've never seen it like this anywhere. Maybe they make a change. But odds are probably not because I I don't think there's anybody that can fix this because they simply don't have time. They need to restart, but it's going to have to be in the offseason. Let me peel what you said back real quick before we get into the MASH unit. And I want you to update everybody on the injury situation going into the game. But let me peel back something you said real quick. You said if you have a 100-play playbook and your team can only run 11, that is the issue. That yeah. is the issue. That That is the issue, especially when you – and I challenge everybody to go watch Josh Dobbs against the San Francisco 49ers. Go watch a new coaching staff with a quarterback that has made limited starts. Go execute an offense efficiently. We're talking about moving the ball. We're talking about a plan. We're talking about a quarterback throwing a ball with rhythm and timing on a team that does not have the talent of the Steelers. The quarterback has been everywhere almost. And you've got a new coaching staff. You don't see the coordination. And that's why I'm saying I'm not criticizing the results and hammering just the results. It's the coordination. The choreography is bad. Yeah, the whole thing just looks like a, a, what did I, a donkey bleeping a soccer ball. It's really what it looks like. Yes, yes. But (laughs) give give Josh Hobbs some credit. Let's, let's not just act. No, 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 no. All players are operated by remote control by the coach. Okay. Players have to make credit. Yeah, he gets a great job. He gets a ton of credit. He he did the same thing for Tennessee against Jacksonville in a, a, a must win week 18 game at the end of last season. Keep that in mind. That's two great starts for Dobbs over the last, what, four or five games he's been in the league for. And to be honest, I, I don't – maybe his other starts weren't spectacular. He is a better quarterback right now than Kenny Pickett is. In my Much opinion, better. everybody in the league, with the exception Much of better. Desmond Ritter, that poor bastard, yes. everybody yes. is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. That's not acceptable. You just – you can't yes. have that and act like you're a competing team. It's not yeah, a new coach, other. not a yeah. new staff. You don't get to draft number one overall. You don't have the top pick waiting in the wings. You don't have any of those things. Kenny Pickett that, can't play as poorly as he's playing. And that's not just Matt Canada. That's Kenny Pickett. Watch him. He yes. ran into to three sacks last week. He ran into five other pressures last week. He made the front line of the Houston Texans look like the doomsday defense. They're not. <laughs> that was on Pickett. Matt Canada is not telling him, play action left, roll left for no reason at all, and ignore the fact that every other player on the field is off to the right side. That's Pickett. Okay? He's been terrible. It's not just Matt Canada. Matt Canada needs to go. Getting rid of Matt Canada now 
does not fix everything. It flat out will not do that. I guarantee you. It's impossible and, 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 for them to change that much that quickly. They're not going to be able to do that. And another example is just, you know, who they just played. If you want to look in the mirror, look at the Texans. New staff, new quarterback. Quarterbacks playing at an all-time level over the first couple of games. I mean, it just looks coordinated. But but update us before we break into our predictions about this Raven game and a little analysis of that game. What's up on the, uh, on the MASH unit called the Pittsburgh Steelers? Does not look good. Dan Moore will not play in this game. And from the, the sounds of it, it's almost like they found their opportunity to remove him from the starting lineup. It will be Broderick Jones moving forward starting Sunday against the Ravens. Um, you saw Kenny Pickett, of course, probably should have been top of the list. Um, results of his MRI were negative, meaning he did not tear anything. He's got a bone bruise, which uh, for a, 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 a a back leg for a quarterback, which is where it is, not going to be easy for him to throw the ball. In fact, it's been impossible for him to throw the ball when his knee was healthy. So uh, you can expect him to be out. They have not announced that yet this week. Those are two uh, critical injuries for the Steelers, all things considered. It's probably high time, though, that uh, shuffling something up, uh, whether earned or otherwise, is probably a good idea uh, offensively. Broderick Jones, uh, we, we thought anyway would excel if he had to be in the starting lineup as a rookie in their run game, probably more so than their pass protection. But the combination of Mitch Trubisky, who doesn't see the field to, to save his life and now doesn't escape the pocket really all that much either uh, against a, a, an aggressive Ravens pass rush with a left tackle that's really struggling in pass protection. Um, the injuries are going to be noticeable for the Steelers. I'm not sure if it really matters a whole lot considering the, the skill of the players who are leaving. Um, but it, it doesn't look good overall against a team like this. A running team without Cam Hayward right now, the way the Steelers are stopping the ground game, I don't think Baltimore has to do much uh, in terms of preparation. Um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare matchup for the Steelers in this game for what they have, for the way that they've been playing, and now for the guys who are out. It, it's this is a really bad matchup for the Steelers. Four and a half point dogs at home against the Ravens. That's that's not a good sign. And let me ask you that. And I've seen four and a half. I've seen three and a half. And I think I put three and a half up here on the show. So excuse me if I'm wrong with that. I, my question is, as we get into the game and our predictions, is three and a half enough? Honestly, I think three and a half, four and a half is not enough in terms of a spread. You're you're talking about a team that scored six touchdowns this season, four of those offensive, two defensive. If you if you look at just the offensive output, they're averaging seven and a half a game. It's not a only score three points. It's legitimately it, it, possible. I mean, it's it's not a question of. Like, this is a funny game where if the spread is four and a half, three and a half, the question is, will they even score as much as the spread? One. Two, will they have more first downs than they actually have points? I don't think this is where they are right now, offensively, injury-wise, this is a difficult game for them to win. And I was listening to, I forget who said it on the broadcast, and I thought it was one of the best football quotes that I've heard. Uh, and David Urban wrote, and that's that's fantastic, the Pirates are scoring more than the Steelers. And the funny thing about that is that the Pirates aren't even playing in the playoffs. So that is probably accurate. 
this guy said, you have to earn your right to rush the quarterback. And what he meant by that was to rush the quarterback effectively, you have to put yourself in those positions by stopping the run. And what we've seen is this team can't stop the run. I mean, for in order for them to have a chance to win this game, because the only thing that this team does well at times is rush the passer. They will have to play if they're going to compete in this game, an all-time game against the run to put Lamar and their new offense into some situations where they can pin their ears back and try to get after Lamar and get after that new offense and some of the new pieces on the offensive line. But but there's no way in the world I see the Steelers winning this game. I, I think the Steelers get hammered, and I think they go into the bye week uh, and the fan base, everybody goes into the bye week with the worst taste in your mouth that you possibly can. I, I'm, I'm picking the Ravens to win this game 24 to six. I don't think the Steelers will score a touchdown in this game. I, I think they'll score a couple of field goals. If the Steelers will happen to win this game, I think it'll come through special teams play, you know, maybe a turnover here or there will sets up some easy field, but I, I got the Ravens winning this game 24 to six. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I have felt this level of hopelessness going into a Steelers game before, and they've pulled off a, a miracle. They, if anything, I would argue that that's their best skill right now is winning games. They have absolutely no business winning. <laughs> I don't know how much of a skill that is, but it's probably the best way to explain a team that's as miserable statistically as the Steelers have been the last three years. And I've not finished below 500. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Baltimore is a better team. They are a much more efficient, much better coached offensive team. And the Steelers are, they're, they're beaten up on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I don't know how Pittsburgh keeps this close, except Harbaugh choosing not to go for the kill shot. And that's happened a couple times between these teams in the past. They tend to play very tight. Uh, they don't want to try to, to take chances. They, they feel they have so much respect for one another. They don't feel the ability to – none of them feel they can overcome a turnover in a game like this. So they play very, very conservatively. That's the only reason I see this being uh, uh, kind of sort of close. I would say 20-3 to three Ravens. I really don't – Call it 20 to 6. I think the Steelers will get two field goals out of this one. 20 to 6, Baltimore. Yeah, I just I, I don't see a path for victory in this one. But with that, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you, everybody. And particularly thank you, Ollie Howard Species, for providing the title to the program. The windshield is bigger than the rear view. Before we get out of here, please like and subscribe to the program and also spread the word. And as always, tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe. Go Steelers.